0: Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You know, we would all agree probably today that uh, the three most powerful words that we may ever hear are, I love you. Those words have a way of setting the tone in our lives, changing the way we see life, changing the way we perceive others, encouraging us to believe in ourselves. They're powerful, powerful words. And I would say some of the most powerful words to follow, I love you, are words like, I appreciate you. I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful for you. Those words cause people to have a feeling that changes their outlook on life and even has the potential to change their health. Listen to this. Keeping a gratitude journal caused participants to report the following. Now, when I say a gratitude journal, most people don't journal. But if, if I were to encourage you to do anything for a month after this particular message today, it would be to get up every day and just write down what you're thankful for. And I have a lot of good intentions. One of my intentions has been for some time to put a magnetic board on the refrigerator. And just every day, write down what you're thankful for, uh, for your spouse, for your family, for your kids. Just to say, I am so thankful today. And, and write that down. It changes people's attitudes. The report says 16% fewer physical symptoms as a result of journaling gratitude, 19% more time spent exercising because it it elevates your endorphins, 10% less physical pain, 8% more sleep, and 25% increased sleep quality just from being grateful. Today, as we Celebrate those who've given their lives for our freedom, and we say thank you. Uh, we know that Memorial Day is to remember those who have died, but also to appreciate the families from which they came. Uh, the, they, they served as a result of, of believing their families were important, and they wanted their families to continue to be free. And many of you have family members that have served in the military, are currently serving, and uh, some of you may even have family members who literally gave their life for our freedom, and today we remember them, and we, we honor you as well as family. Uh, freedom will never come cheap. It will always cost us, and uh, we need to be appreciative. No matter what anybody says, I don't know if you've ever been around people who said, ah, don't mention it, you know, but uh, a mother took her son to a birthday party, and a lot of kids there, and it was Mrs. Jones' house, and it was a great party. The kids had a great time. You could see it as they were playing, and the mother went to pick up her son, and when she pulled up in the driveway, she, she sees him coming out, and as he's coming out, she, he gets in the car, and she said, Well, son, did you tell Mrs. Jones thank you for the wonderful party? And he said, No, Mom, I didn't, because the little girl in front of me said thank you, and Mrs. Jones said don't mention it, so I didn't. <laughs> We need to understand no matter what somebody says, uh, they all need to be appreciated. We all need to be appreciated. We all need to demonstrate gratitude. It's very, very important. And so I would ask us today as I prepare to preach this message, Be Grateful, Not Hateful, that we we have a, a designed pattern. It doesn't minimize gratitude when you have to remind yourself to be grateful. Uh, it, it really doesn't some people say well you know it's just not a part of my DNA i'm not I'm not a words of affirmation person i'm I'm not a person who says much and well maybe you ought to start saying a few more things than you say by design you know some people have a a leaning towards certain things, passions in their life that they don't even have to think about it. You know, I, I, I'm on all social media outlets, and, you know, some people are always posting about exercising. And, and some of you just need to slow down a little bit. You're just way too happy, and uh, you, you show pictures you don't need to be showing of yourself. Uh, you know, but, but I do appreciate your passion. And then there are people who go to the gym, not because they really want to or have a passion to, but they realize they need to. And guess what? The results can be absolutely identical, uh, even though the the reason or the simplicity of going may be different and the joy of being there may be different. The results can be absolutely identical. The one who says, man, I hate going, but I know I need to and works the same workout as the person who has a passion that wakes up without the alarm. If they do the same thing, they get the same results. So it is with gratitude. There are people who are just nice people, and they just go around telling everybody, thank you. Somebody can pull out in front of them. And they say, oh, God bless you. Thank you. Not me. I'm honking. And, you know, and then I'll, I'll thank God later for forgiveness, but I'm not thanking them. And so, uh, but there are people that, that have a leaning toward being grateful. And then there are people who have to design it. I'm not a words of affirmation person by nature. I didn't grow up being affirmed. If I had a job to do, my dad told me to do it. He didn't feel like he needed to say thank you. After all, it's my responsibility. Now, you say, well, that's true, because I know I just spoke to some of you who don't like to say thank you, I appreciate you, I'm grateful for you, I just confirmed to you that being a snob is okay. But the reality is that you and I, as people who are not words of affirmation, need to do everything in our power to make sure we're affirming. I, in my latter years, have become that person who said, you know what, I don't think I've been... Uh, openly grateful enough to people that have been a part of my life and and you say well is that a sin no but I'll tell you right now it will make you feel better and it will make other people feel better and so you know my wife will tell you there's not a morning that she doesn't wake up I look at her and I say this is the most beautiful you will be all day long and she every morning says you're a liar and you're blind But I keep saying it every morning, and the morning is going to come when she goes, I believe you. Maybe not. But I want to, by design, intentionally do my part to think about other people. Now, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15, it says, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, there's a message right there, even if I didn't preach today, that don't pay back wrong for wrong. Don't even have a heart to pay back wrong for wrong. In fact, oftentimes when there is someone in your life that's opposing you, being critical of you, ignoring you, they're a tool in the hands of God, making you better and preparing you for what God has for you. If criticism bothers you, if other people's opinion annoy annoys you, then you will stay there the rest of your life. Now, granted, it would be better if they complimented you, encouraged you, but You can even be thankful for people that you would call an idiot, that you would call, that you're not calling, but that you would, because those people are making you better. I've been preaching the gospel since 1978. I've heard every kind of appraisal concerning my preaching that's possible. And what I have learned is, number one, I appreciate people more who encourage me than those who criticize me, yet some of the critics have made me better because oftentimes, if not most of the time, there is a fragment of truth in criticism. So I'm not saying any of us should be critical, but... There will be people who will never change, and, and that's okay. We want them to change. We think they should change, and maybe they should. But you can even be thankful for people who are critical. Just don't be one of them. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts toward God, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Gratitude is absolutely critical to who we are. In every tragedy, you look at what you've lost, and you'll be hateful, or you can look at what you have and what remains and be grateful. It was a long journey for Joseph. Joseph was favored. His brothers didn't like him. As a result, they wanted to kill him. Then they sell him. Joseph went through a a serious series of events that would have destroyed most people's lives, attitudes, joy, peace, and uh, in every way from being thrown in a pit, to being sold, to being falsely accused, to being imprisoned. And then finally, having the opportunity when there was about to be a great famine and his brothers came not knowing that he was even still alive, much less second in command and in Egypt. And they didn't even recognize him, but Joseph recognized them. And because he maintained a grateful heart and never got bitter... God put him in charge of everything with only one person over him, one ruler over him. He remained grateful, and because of that, when he could have taken his brother's lives and paid them back, he chose instead to be a blessing to them. A grateful heart will always destroy a hateful heart, and it's very easy to look at all the things that have happened in our lives and all the wrongs that have been done and all the people who have been critical and all the people who have been mean. And if you do that, without realizing it, you will become a very hateful individual. Not because you want to, but because you're giving your heart to the wrong thoughts. You're giving your mind to wrong thinking. And as a result of that, without even realizing it, you will become calloused, and you will remember the rejection, the, the, the neglect, the false accusations, and all the things that have been done to you. People who have, instead of lifting you up when you fell down, put a foot on your throat and said you deserve to stay there. It's easy to remember the size of their shoe instead of the size of God's heart who loves you. And so what we have to remember are not the things that people have done to us, but we have to remember what Christ has done for us. If we will remember what he's done for us, it won't matter what somebody's done to us. That God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for all mankind, knowing that every one of us would make mistakes, that every one of us would do wrong. I've hurt people. You've hurt people. We've been hurt by people. That's not ever going to stop. But our response is, to those pains and those hurts can change if we are willing to look at things differently. That's what I want to present to us today. Number one, gratitude creates a presence. Gratitude changes the atmosphere. Being appreciative literally causes people to be off balance, people who are mean, people who are critical. They don't know how to respond to someone who is unwilling to fight with them or argue. It takes two people to fight. It only takes one to be beat up. And if somebody beats you up, God will lift you up. And so gratitude says, you know, I'm thankful not that you beat me up, but then in the midst of it, I learned how to love anyway. I learned how to be grateful that I'm still alive, that I'm still standing. Thank you for make helping me become a better person. In all of my crises, what I have determined is this. I'm a better person today than I've ever been, not because somebody just walked and strolled with me, but I was challenged. My faith was challenged. Uh, my, My confidence was challenged. My forgiveness was challenged. Everything about me was challenged. And when I said, God, I submit to you, I will not waste a sin in my life. I will not waste a criticism. I will not waste a judgment. I decided that I would be grateful that at the end of it all, I would stand and give glory to God instead of criticizing those who criticized me. I decided to love. Psalm 100, and most of us have read this at one time or the other. Verse 1, shout for the joy of the Lord all the earth worship the lord with gladness come before him with joyful songs no declare regard that the lord is good it is he who made us and we are his we are his people the sheep of his pasture these three verses represent the posture of our heart If the posture of your heart is filled with joy and regard and worship, then the next verses become possible. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And the Bible very clearly states that God inhabits or lives in the praises, the thanksgiving, the gratitude of his people. That's where God lives. When I was a youth pastor, there was a great debate over music genres. Uh, some of us who are older than others remember the great debate of the music debate of, of, of Burning records, secular albums, and back-masking. Every youth pastor, it was a great message. Play it backwards. Well, when I played it backwards, they went, well, you know, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Somehow they turned it into, Worship Satan, worship Satan, worship Satan. All I heard was, well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But it made for great preaching. And, and, and we all attacked that music when we got radically born again and then there was Christian music coming on the scene and Keith Green and so many more. And, and, and it wasn't that the music was bad, but for some reason we vilified it. It was just that that music didn't bring us into the presence of God. It didn't mean it was wrong, it didn't mean that that it was bad, it just meant that it was a genre that didn't necessarily glorify our Creator, and that, that, you know, playing golf doesn't glorify our Creator, bass fishing doesn't glorify our Creator, and the cost of bass fishing and golfing don't glorify our Creator. And we do all these other things, but for some reason, music became our focal point. Now, granted, on Sunday mornings, I don't want to listen to anything but worship, because my, I want to get my mind... Uh, focused on God but I I would never again I made so many mistakes as a youth pastor probably condemned so many poor children and kids who today are in counseling because of my stupidity (laughs) I'm just being honest I look back and go what was I thinking I mean come on we talked about Smurfs like they were the devil I listened to a whole hour teaching on why Smurfs were demonic they're just blue fuzzy creatures that you overpaid for. They had no demonic influence whatsoever unless you wanted it to. I mean, this could be more demonic than a smurf. This can do more than a blue fuzzy creature. So what I tell people is that, you know, oftentimes we got to fix the problem. You know, a lot of times the problem is what we're focused on. And that's how it come it's so critical to say, our uh, first person I want to be grateful to is God. God, I want to enter your gates with thanksgiving, your courts with praise. Because if I do that, guess what? In that moment, it's like my problems begin to, at least if they don't disappear, they're moved to the side. And in that moment, God begins to minister to me by his presence and by his spirit. It's not rocket science. You don't have to know how to pray. You don't have to have good grammar just to look to heaven and say, God, thank you. Thanks for another day. People this morning, as I walked in, how are you doing? I said, I woke up today. Yeah. They said what? said, what does that mean? I woke up. It's better than not waking up. Isn't it, Don? <laughs> One of our great team members had a heart attack blockage in his Widowmaker. He's here today. Most people are not here today just because. He got out of the hospital and went, I'm going to church. He's had major surgery. I saw him today. I went, you know how many people would have said, I think I need to take three weeks off from the house of God. When the doctor said, go play. Don shows up for church. I'm just telling you, living a victorious life does not happen accidentally. It happens by design. Living a life of peace and joy happens by design. Being grateful will not always be a part of your DNA because your DNA is a fallen DNA. And so we have to begin to create new places in our our brain. I had a neuroscientist tell me one time that whenever a person is positive and grateful, they can, through technology, literally see like branches growing in their brain that are, look brand new and fresh. In negative people, the branches of the brain go dark. It's a scientific fact that people who are grateful and appreciative and happy and optimistic have a better quality of life. And if you're a person that is still looking back at how you were brought up and all the things your mom and dad didn't do for you and what did happen to you and all the things that occurred in your life that made you the bitter person that you are today, you don't have to stay that way. You just got to get up every day and say, I am so thankful I'm awake today. I'm so thankful I have life today. And you got an upstairs neighbor in your apartment that turns on their stereo early, stays up late, pounds on the floor... Do one of two things. When they play the music, turn your everything off, let them pay for the electricity, dance around in your apartment and go up and take them cookies and say, thank you for providing music. You're such an awesome DJ. Then they will think you're crazy and they will move and you won't have to. Or you can move. But for you to do nothing... Every day, but complain to somebody about the annoyance they are to you and getting angry is not going to change anything but you, and it's not going to change you for the good. You say, but somebody needs to tell them, well, you know, maybe so. Maybe just go up and ask them. Say, could you do that? Well, you know what? Thank you for listening to me. And like I said, you have a choice to make. You either get thankful and happy living in that apartment or you move. But that's not fair. Can I tell you something? Life's not really that fair. Sometimes it just doesn't play out that way, and there may be a reason. God has a better apartment for you anyway. That's why he had them play the music. you got ways to look at this that change everything. You know, getting mad at somebody doesn't change them. It might change their behavior, but it doesn't change their person. And you know what? If somebody's only changed behavior, one day they're going to snap. We've got to understand that we are responsible for us. And if you want someone to appreciate you, you start appreciating them. If you want others to appreciate you, start appreciating others. If you want others to say thank you to you, why don't you start saying thank you to them? It's all about sowing and reaping. And we reap what we sow. The reason people don't say I love you to you maybe because you don't say I love you to them. You say, well, I've been telling my jerk husband for 30 years I love him. Tell him for 10 more and then kick him out. I'm just kidding. Don't let somebody's lack of obedience cause you to be disobedient. In his presence is fullness of joy. Philippians 4, and this is a battle between anxiety. You want to kill anxiety? I don't know how many of you have had it. I've had it. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God with thanksgiving people say, I pray. How do you pray? God, kill them. (laughs) Get them out of my life. Terminate my boss. Oh, Jesus, please get her done. Instead of God, help me be the kind of person that is able to overlook the offenses of others. God, I'm so thankful that your son died for me and empowered me and I can do all things through him. Thank you, Jesus, that whatever happens, I am more than able to rise up and be the person you've called me to be. No matter what happens, thank you, God, for empowering me. Thank you that if nobody ever says thank you to me, I can say thank you to them and thank you to you and I can be grateful. Even if nobody else is grateful, I can be grateful. Oftentimes, our gratitude is a result of somebody else's gratitude. Why don't you be the initiator of it? Why don't you start it? Secondly, gratitude helps us prevent comparing. How many times have you compared your house to somebody else's, your furniture to somebody else's, your car to somebody else's, your lifestyle to somebody else's? When you start comparing, you will always lose because there's always somebody that appears to be better. I've gotten to the place where now I can look at my life and go, stuff does not determine my gratitude. I am grateful for everything God's done for me, everything God's given me. But honestly, more than anything, I'm just grateful to have a relationship with Jesus and to find joy every day. It's amazing how sometimes we go through life without realizing all the benefits because we're looking around at what everybody else has, what everybody else does, everybody else's success, everybody else's blessing. And when we do that, we're not looking at everything that God has done for us. It's not about the size of your home, the year of your car. It's not about all those things. It's about the peace that passes all understanding that every morning you can wake up and say, I have peace. I have joy in the midst of every trial. In the messes of life, it's creating a message in my life. Every test I go through is creating a testimony in my life. I remember when, I remember when, and I remember what happened, and I remember how God got me through it. And if he got me through that storm, he'll get me through the next one. You know, about two years ago, my house was broken into, and I had a watch that was given to me. Fifty, my when I turned 50, a bunch of ministers from all over the country flew into Oklahoma City and surprised me. And they brought, bought me a very, very expensive watch. And I treasured it so much that, that I rarely wore it. It was very, very expensive. It was probably about a $20,000 watch. would seem foolish to some of you, and but if you like stuff like that, it's not foolish. And I didn't buy it, but God said, I'm going to have somebody buy it. And then I had a ring that was from uh, my graduation with a diamond in it meant a lot to me because I was the first in my family to get a college degree, and, and then I was only the third out of 27 to get a bachelor's degree. So I got a college ring. Well, when my house was broken into, both of those items were stolen. And I'll never see them again, I'm pretty sure. And it, I struggled. I struggled for quite a while, and I realized that they were just stuff. Yeah. yeah, they meant something to me. and But I, I just got thankful that I wasn't there and that nothing bad happened to me and that I didn't need those things in my life to stay happy. I didn't have to have those things. There'll be a memory, but the greater memory is that I didn't get bitter and that I realized those things were just things that, that had blessed me for a season and that everything was going to be all right. And so I, I, I just stopped long enough just to say, God, I am, am grateful. Just five little ways, I'm going to give them to you quickly. Get your focus off yourself. If you really want to be grateful, it will take your focus off yourself, and it will require you to not focus on yourself. I had to realize I was focusing on me and what I had lost. And while I had lost a ring and a watch that, that I really Enjoyed, I realized a lot of people were fighting for their life. Going through cancer, going through so many difficulties. And and here I am thinking about a couple of items that they're just items. And I realized, God, I'm grateful I have health. I'm grateful that nothing happened to me. I'm grateful that, that you love me. Recognize that covetousness is, is what it is, it's sin. We look around and we compare, it's sin. We realize that desiring what your neighbor has demonstrates ungratefulness to God. Fix your eyes on the eternal. Trust that the portion he chooses for you will always, always, always be enough. This point I love more than the other two does bring us into the presence of God and It does help us to quit comparing and be grateful for what we have. I mean, every now and then you look at somebody else's car again, you look at what they might have, and you kind of go, man, I, I really wish, I really wish, I really wish. And you're driving a car. You know, I don't ever buy new cars. Matter of fact, I just bought a car. It's 2007. It's old. It looks great. Guess what? I don't have a car payment. And it didn't cost me very much, but it looks real sexy. And when my wife gets in it, it looks like a 2019. (laughs) I tell you that because some people look and they start comparing. I had somebody one time, I had a a vintage Viper, uh, 1994, and I love cars. You all know I do, and I'll just admit it, and you can just get mad, or you can appreciate me, thank me, leave the church, whatever the heck you want to (laughs) do. But somebody did criticize that I had this Viper. It was older than three of their cars put together. And I said, do you know what year that is? It's in 1994. And they were comparing because I take care of my stuff. Instead of looking and saying, I'm so grateful I have the car I have. And I would look and said, I'm so grateful I have the car I have and not yours. Because I got the one I want. Hopefully you got the one you want. You see what I'm saying? Get your eyes off of what everybody else has. Get your eyes on what God's blessed you with. Gratitude opens the door to miracles. And don't miss this one, please. Ungrateful people compare. Well, God, you did it. Man, man, why don't you do? Me? If I was God, <laughs> I'd light you up. How dare you? Look at what you've got. You ain't even thankful for what you got. Why would I give you something else? You're not thankful for what you got. And you know what? If your car has five McDonald's cups and 13 water bottles and trash in the back seat, why would you even pray for another car? Keep the dumpster you got. I ain't mad at you. But if you ain't faithful over the small dumpster you got, why would God give you anything different? Don't get mad at me. I'm just preaching good right now. I'm doing what a pastor's supposed to do. Get up in your business, provoke you a little bit, make you go home and think about it. Ah, pastor, right. i thankful God. Matthew 15, Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them, gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. That sounds really good. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were 4,000 besides women and children. Jesus didn't feed 4,000. The women and children made up more than they did, 8,000. <laughs> you know, all the women and the kids. He fed a bunch of people, still seven baskets left over, but he said he gave thanks. If you want more and you want miracles, you need to be grateful. You need to be grateful. I know that we all would love it if everybody conformed to our way of things. You know, if everybody just conformed, just do what I say and I'll be happy. Yeah, and the other four members of your family will be miserable. What makes us great are not the things that we have in common. What makes us great are our differences. Iron sharpening iron. What makes us great is not when everybody wants to do it our way, but when we look and say, I can be happy doing it anyway because I'm a grateful person. Gratitude will change your life. Thanksgiving will change your life. Thanksgiving will open the door for miracles. In John 11:41, 41, one of the greatest miracles... That we would all count a great miracle today is when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And it says, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus hadn't even prayed yet. I thank you that you have heard me. What Jesus is saying, you know the meditation of my heart. You've already heard me. Now I'm just going to articulate it for the sake of the people around me. You heard me before I opened my mouth. A grateful heart precedes grateful words. And if you need a grateful heart, use words to change your heart. Be grateful today. Some of you are being mistreated. I'm not saying be thankful for the mistreatment. I'm saying be thankful that God is going to help you become a person that you need to become or want to become. Say, God, thank you that you're giving me the strength to get on the other side of this treatment. And I'm not talking about abuse or anything extreme. I'm just saying the disagreements, the difficulty. If your spouse tries to argue with you, God, thank you that you're going to give me the strength to not argue. Thank you you're going to give me the strength to look and love anyway. Thankful, God, that that I'm not going to become bitter. I'm going to become better. I thank you, God, that I'm going to be a person who forgives instead of judges. These are all very critical things in our lives to help us become who God wants us to become. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. And I say thank you from the bottom of my heart that you're not the God of a second chance. You're the God of multiple chances. Lord, we'll fall down the rest of our lives. We can't stop that. But Lord, we must get up. And I thank you that you're gonna help us get up. I thank you there are those watching today that have fallen, that think there's no way. They've repeatedly fallen in the same area of their life, the same sin, the same difficulty, the same challenge. They can't seem to get over it. They've tried everything but one thing, and that is to be thankful that every time prior to this time, they've gotten up. And I say thank you that they'll get up again, God. Thank you that you're giving them strength. Thank you you're giving them courage. I thank you that you're giving them confidence today. To rise up, to get up, to continue, to move on and march on. To become the person that you've called them to become. That they will go from glory to glory. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be those of you today that have uh, not received Christ. For whatever reason, you've not accepted him. And I want to pray a simple prayer. I want to ask everyone to pray this with me, but I want those of you that have never received Christ to pray this with faith in your heart, confidence in your heart, knowing that your repentance will be met with His forgiveness. It's already there. His forgiveness is extended. So when we repent, it connects to His forgiveness. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only Son to die on the cross For my sin. Jesus thank you. For giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I call on your name. And I declare today. I am forgiven. I am a child of God. Amen.